Welcome to Tiny Princess Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Barrera, and let's talk kingdom royalty. Okay. Thank you for joining the Bible study. Rules. All right. So Bible study content, what you need is your Bible. You got your Bible, your pen, notebook, all of that. All right. Participation. All questions are great questions. None of them are dumb. We're going to respect the perspectives, right? So if there's any disagreements or different point of views, we're going to respect everybody's point of views. Everyone should have a sense of belonging here and prepare your hearts to pray and study. And so we're going to pray right now. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who's come on and who's on their way to come on. Father, we pray that their hearts and minds are receptive to you. Father, let it be your voice. Let it be your Holy Spirit that speaks through me and not me by myself. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So. That was quick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about the refiner's fire. So last week we talked about what was good and what was evil, right? And so we're going to go a little bit deeper about the inner you, right? And the refining fire of God. So God refines us, he cleanses us, he makes us whole and all of those things. And so we're going to go a little bit deeper into that since we talked about the, you know, the fruits of the spirit or like the fruits of a spirit, right? And so we have evil spirits and we have the Holy Spirit and what was the difference, right? So we went over that last week. And so now we're going to talk about the refinement of God and how he refined you. So in Malachi 3, 2 through 3, it says, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like lauder's soap, which removes impurities and, un- and unclean cleanness <laughs> and he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of levi the priests and refine them like gold and silver so that they may present to the lord grain offerings in righteousness so who can endure the day so the, there's two things that that verse was talking about one was the day of coming of the Lord and one of the day of the appearance of the Lord. So the day of coming. So this, when this first was presented, it was um, before Jesus had come. So this was an old Testament verse before Jesus had come. So here he's prophesying that Jesus is coming. And then he's also prophesying the day of his appearance. So actually there was two different, there's two different events, right? So there's the day of his appearance, which when Jesus was here on earth, And then there's the day of his coming, which we're still in. We're waiting for the day of his coming, meaning the second coming of the Lord when he's coming through the clouds and all of that stuff. And so he's talking about, so the day of his coming is the day of judgment. That's what he's referring to. So when you stand before the Lord, he's talking about the day of judgment. And then the day of his appearance was actually, he's talking about the time uh, yes, mom. 
Okay, I thought day of judgment was the day we go, the, the, when we die, we get judged at that point. What, what, what do you say? So yes, yes, yes and no, actually. <laughs> so there's, when you die, you're kind of in a waiting place, right? Like, you know, there's two different places because there's, you know, heaven and hell, right? Like, but there's oh there she is hold on let me admit admitting okay there we go hello oh she's connecting okay maldonado hey 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 we just started okay so there's yes so when you're when you die there's kind of two different places right so you have heaven and hell right but right now hell it, there's a waiting place and that like hell is not open because during when there's the last days would you always hear about kind of like the last days right like the end times the last day armageddon and all that, that stuff so that kind of has to happen for the lake of fire to open meaning the earth will open and lava the lava right like that is where all evil and everything goes into the lake of fire and then it disintegrates into the universe right like so you talk about like the big bang that's how everything was created i'm trying to put it in like a normal natural like science sense so it you know, because when I read it scripturally, it like sounds poetic and kind of like a dream. And so if you put it in like a science sense, it, you know, so you have like the middle of the earth, right? And there's lava. And so when the end times, when you talk about like end times prophecies, the earth opens up and there's the lake of fire. And then that's where everybody who was evil, who didn't, who denied the Lord, everybody who, you know, even the devil himself, they go into the lake of fire. And that's during like end times after Armageddon, the big battle and the last days and, and all of that stuff. And so one day I'll do a whole end times thing to make sense of it, but that's what it's talking about. And so right before that happens, there's going to come a time and it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, because every single person, everyone who's died already, everyone who is alive now and, you know, for to come, they're all going to come at the end times are going to face God face to face. And that's when he opens up the book of life and he reads everything that you have done. And so that's the day of coming. That's the day of his second coming. That's what he's talking about. And so he's prophesying the last days of judgment where he'll judge all of your thoughts and all of your motives and all of those things. And so, and that's when that verse comes into play where it says, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Cause every single person, every single um, thing that was created by God comes before the Lord and he judges your book of life, right? Everyone has a book. Everything is written in the book of life. That is 
what that is. And then the day of his appearance was actually, he's talking about the time when he was here on earth, when he was establishing the ministry of the kingdom here on earth. And when he died, when he rose again, and then the Holy Spirit indwelled in us. So there are two different things that he was saying. He said, who can endure the day of coming? Who can endure the day of his appearance? And so what he's saying is that like, God will intervene in human affairs and bless his people, but he will have to cleanse them. And, and you know, so you have, so he's talking about the refinement of, of being in front of him because no one, if when you read in the Bible and everybody who stand in the courtrooms of heaven and stand before the Lord, they stood there with fear and trembling, no matter how good they were, they were fear and trembling because nothing, if it's not holy, it can't stand before the Lord. And so if it's evil, he has to like purify it out. And so when you're standing before the Lord, that's where kind of everything comes up and, you know, where people see his holiness and they're in his holy presence and they submit to the Lord because it's so great and so grander. They actually end up being, it's more terrifying than it is feels good because we're in our flesh. We're, we're not clean. We sin, we do all of those things. And here is this ultimately pure person in front of us on the throne. And you're in front of someone who can see all of your mess. If does that make sense? So anyway, so being in front of the Lord and going through a refinement is actually more of a painful process than it is a feeling good process. Although there's moments that do feel good after you're cleansed, after you're refined, but the process itself does not feel good. <laughs> so the, so he talks about the, the louder soap. So this is the type of soap that, um, it's, it was actually made of herbs. So the soap was made of herbs, right. And it cleaned the linen cloths so that was pure white. It was almost like bleach. And so he's talking about how the, how, when it comes the day of the Lord and his people, he's going to refine them in a way that they're cleansed, like white, like this cleaner than this soap can get it. Right. So it, put it in another sense. It, he, you'll be cleaner than bleach. Right. And so you'll be that kind of clean. And then he talks about um, the refinement process. He talks more about the refinement process than he does the cleansing in this verse because the process is, it's rough, right? And so when you're in refinement, so basically like he's saying that God is a blacksmith and he's putting you in the furnace to pull out your impurities, right? Because when you're in refinement, you're it's taking the metal and making it pure, like the fire so hot that it takes it and makes it pure. And so um, 
he when he was talking about the dross it he's talking about the waste metal and so when you when you put metal into the fire there's like this stuff that kind of comes out in the process and it ends up like disintegrating and so it like comes up over the heat and it comes out of the metal and so a lot of times it's like this extra waste metal kind of you know sometimes it's like iron and things like that and so he's saying that's what he's doing with us he's putting us in a furnace and sometimes we go through situations where it's heavy and there's a lot of pressure and sometimes like we'll see it when he pulls people out of our life right like all this chaos happens when he's trying to pull people out of our life that isn't supposed to be there or pulling us out of situations that we're not supposed to be in. And we keep fighting to be in these situations because we're not, we don't want to let go or change or whatever. And so he's saying that like, here's that fiery moment because the pressure of the heat gets so hot that he has to separate you from what is keeping you impure. So if there's things that are toxic in your life, and when he's trying to get the toxic things out of your life, it doesn't feel good is basically what he's saying. He's saying that if it's hot enough, the fire's aggressive enough, it's going to pull out the junk. And so when he's pulling out the junk, it does, it's not a fun process because you're in the fire. But later on, when you realize like when those people were out of your life or those situations were out of your life, you have a peace you have you realize that all that chaos that was there before is gone and so that's what he's saying he's saying that he's putting you through this refining fire to pull out the impurities so the waste metal right yes um so a question so um why does it seem that some people go in the fire more than others <laughs> Some people you know what got a like lot of get in more situations. So, like, once he pulls you out, I get that. Um, but shouldn't he keep you safe after that? And kind of, you know. Yes. He keeps you safe through it. So, through the process, he keeps you safe. So, it's a, it's a lifelong process then. It is a lifelong process. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Oh. So, he actually keeps you through it. So, and that's the thing. Like, you can't avoid the process. You have to learn how to walk through it. And the thing is, is that, so when you're going through this and the reason why he does it, which I'm gonna go into it a little bit more, but I'll kind of shed a little bit of light on it, but he's making you a vessel to hold the Holy Spirit, right? And so, but in order to hold the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is holy. And if you're not holy, like evil and holy, they can't dwell in the same place. One has to go. And so, um that is when he he takes you from what they call like glory to glory right and so the holy spirit in you is like you accepting jesus is one level 
of glory. You actually going through the process is another level of glory. And so when you go through it, it's like, okay, I need to get this stuff out of your life. Now I can take you to a new level. Okay, now you're at this new level. Now we're going to go through another process. Uh We'll take you to another level and then another level. And so you're going from glory to glory to glory, which gets you into a higher position. And once you start going through this process and then you start recognizing the process more, it's like easier to submit to it, right? But in the beginning, it sucks. (laughs) Are you saying if you've gone through the steps? Huh? Are you saying that if you, let's just say you're purging someone or something out of your life, Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to purge them or it or a way of living or whatever um and then later if it's brought to your attention again and it's easier for you to like shut the door are you saying that we move to a higher step and it's easier yes yes (laughs) but if you keep holding on to it you're gonna have to go through this refinement all over again and it feels like it gets worse that makes sense yes no no yes <laughs> and hanging on like a pit bull <laughs> for no yeah. reason too you know like ah, yeah so he puts you through the fire to burn out your impurities and then he's also so not only is he putting you through through the fire to burn out your impurities he's having you it's in this process that you're learning to trust him and as you're trusting him that's the cleansing process that so he's cleansing you of the past you're seeing that there's peace you're seeing the fruits of the spirit so that's where the cleansing process comes in is when you start seeing the fruits of the spirit which is love joy peace faithfulness goodness kindness gentleness patience and self-control what we went over last week right and so you'll so he's pulling out the junk all you know either people things bad habits whatever it is but then now you're going through a cleansing process so you're learning to trust god in this new environment you're learning to trust god in this you know whether it's new actions that you have to take right like new habits you're learning to trust him in like these places that aren't familiar to you. So, you know, when you're not used to walking and submitting with the Lord, it feels weird and you kind of feel like you're out of your comfort zone. And so he's, but he's cleansing you as you're learning and guiding through it. But once you get through it, then it becomes easier. And so then you learn to submit to God's will and God's way and his purpose. So it gets easier, but when, but there's this like middle place (laughs) where you're in transition and the hallway. mm -hmm. And so hallway with new doors and you don't know which one opens. Yes. (laughs) And so, right. And so there's this middle ground where it's like, you kind of, it's, it's almost like you're navigating blindly. It feels like, but you're not because God's with you. You're never alone. And so, but, but you can't go back. Right. And, and the only way to go is to go forward. 
So that's where it's, it's a trust, right? You, so you have to learn how to trust God in these moments. And so the last part of that verse, he's talking about the offerings of righteousness, right? And so um, Crystal wasn't here. So I'll read it real quick. Let me pull it up. Where is she? She's there, but she wasn't here when I had first read it. So she knows what we're talking about. I'm here. I'm listening. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay. So it was Malachi 3. And it says, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refining fire, like a lot of soap, which removes impurities and um, uncleanness. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, which were the priests, and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present, be present to the Lord grain offerings of righteousness. So here we are, correct? The offerings of righteousness. Um, so the day of the Lord. So we we're talking about the day of the Lord. So they're standing in front of God, giving their offerings, right? And so Joel, let me move this out of the way so I can see. There we go. So Joel 2 11 says the Lord utters his voice before his army, meaning his people. And for his camp is very great because strong and powerful is he who is obediently carries his word. So that's those who follow the Bible for the day of the Lord is indeed great and very terrible causing dread who can endure it. And so this is what I was saying earlier about how, when you stand before the Lord, it's not exactly like a, a pleasant, you're not like, Hey, it's more of like, oh my gosh, you can see all of my uncleanness. I'm in front of you and you're super holy. It's more, you know, so it, so he's saying that it's like, there's the fear of the Lord. There's a fear of the Lord that is dreadful. And then there's a fear of the Lord of like, that's more zealous and like, I got you, God, you know, like, it's almost like, you, like you have his back. Right. And so there, so he's saying that whoever stands in front of the Lord is, this is, it's, he's so great. The greatness and the awe and the almightiness of God is so big that who can endure it. So when you stand in front of him, you get the pressure of your, what is unclean inside of you will come out because holiness and uncleanliness cannot stand in the same room. So the moment you come before him, he's, he's saying that it's, it will be dreadful for somebody who doesn't who's not submitted to God is what he's saying so he's saying like those who are obediently carrying out his word it's not going to be as hard as if it is for someone who let's say doesn't believe in God at all who doesn't follow his word who doesn't know him if he doesn't believe in God he's not going to be present because you said he weeds them out 
everybody's going to stand before the Lord, even those who don't know him. And it, that's why it, the, um, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is. So those who right now, like deny God, they're going to come a time at the time of judgment at the day of the Lord, that they will see that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God, that what the Bible says is true. And so, yes. So I, I, I understand the part where there are people who deny God and, you know, horrible things are probably going to happen to them during this time. And then you said something of people who don't know God. Um, do those people who, and when I say do not know God, I'm talking about truly those people who have no idea of God. They do not know him and not because of denial, it's because they do not know him. Do those people fall into that category as well? Or do they get a pass? Aren't they saved? Aren't you saved until you? So once you know, that's when you, isn't it? Once you know, then you have no turning back. But when you're naive and do not know, you're saved, aren't you? Not necessarily. So I'll put it in this sense. So the devil was created by the Lord. He was an archangel and he was disobedient to God. And so God separated him from heaven, right? And so he knows God. He knows the word. He knows things from the beginning of time. But he's not of God. He's of himself. Correct. Mm -hmm. So there's people, there's people who know God, but they don't believe him. They don't follow him. They know him but they choose to not follow in the ways of the Lord. And then there's those who don't know him at all, right? Like who don't know at all, who've never heard the name of Jesus, who like they were never, you know, taught or learned, like it's something completely foreign to them. And so those people, actually, the Bible says that those people, it's not that they're exempt. It's at the day of coming, they get, it's not necessarily a pass, but they do have that choice and right. So there was an example, even in the Bible, when he had went, when he had died, he went into this like holding place, right? Where people who had died, they're in this waiting place. And he went and pulled people out so that they can be in heaven. Like he gave them that right. Like he showed them who he was and it was their choice to say, yes, I believe. No, I don't. And so it would be the same in that sense of the day of the Lord. He's going to open the book of life and going, well, no one ever told you, well, here I am, you know, and it's their choice to believe or not to believe. And so, and it was the same thing when he had died before he rose again, like that was what he was doing. He went into, it's called Shiloh. <laughs> when he went into Shiloh, he, um, 
he did that. He spoke with people who had passed, who had oh. never heard of him, and they gave him that choice. Oh, and then so when he rose again, it was, you know, the whole thing. Yes. So that holding place that you said, is that purgatory? purgatory. That's another word for it, yes. <laughs> so it's not hell? No. Hell is not open yet. So that was like I was telling you, hell is that lake of fire. And that will open at the end times when you talk about end times and, you know, after the last battle and all of those things, the earth opens up and then there's the lake of fire and everyone who has denied the Lord, including the devil himself, they all go into the lake of fire. And then that closes up and then there's the new heaven and the new earth. And that is eternal life heaven. Huh. I like that. I'm not going to. I'll do revelations that. one day. I will. It's a little complicated because <laughs> it reads like poetry, but it talks about it in revelations, the whole end times and judgment and all of that stuff. And so, so back to this, for the last part of the verse where he's talking about the offerings of righteousness. So the day of the Lord. So he's saying that here's the day of the Lord and those who are obedient to him, who have followed his word, like diligently, like they made it a point, like they made it a choice and a point to follow God's word. Like it will be easier for them on the day of the Lord, where someone who didn't do that, um, it will be harder for them to stand in front of God. And so the offering of righteousness is a pure sacrificial offer offering, meaning it's he's your offering is your heart. And so it's a teachable, corrected and submitted heart. He's talking about your soul. So he's saying that like your heart, you made it a point. And so that's why it's, a sacrificial offering is because this was a choice that you made. It was something that you said, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to make this decision to make sure that my heart aligns with God's heart, that my heart is submitted to what the word of God says. And I'm going to do those things. And so he's saying that someone who's pure in heart, who's teachable, who's corrected, and who has a submitted spirit and soul, that is the offering of righteousness. So that, so that's what he's saying. He's saying that your offering is your heart and the sacrifice is those diligent choices that you made to please God. So in Psalms 12, 6, it says the words and promises of the Lord are pure, like silver refined in the earthen furnace, purified seven times. So he's saying that the word of the Lord is so pure that it's perfect in truth. Like it was refined seven times. Like it's clean as glass. Like if you've seen any like thing that has been like super cleaned. 
that's that's what he's saying he's saying that the word of god has been it's almost the sense of like it can't get any more pure than than that it's the word of god it says pure as glass it's clean and so when if we're following the word of god that's we're following what's pure we're following the things that god had said this is right this is pure this is correct and so the sevenfold refining of the word of god speaks to scripture's perfection and god purges the impure and the worthless dross which was that extra part of the silver that's what the dross is is that the waste metal from his people by a spiritual refining process of discipline testing and trials so we go through testing we go through trials we go through all of these things but it's not to harm us it's to purify us and when we go through these processes it gets easier because then we start to recognize the things of god when you start to recognize things of god it gets so much more easier and then you start to recognize things that are not of god and you don't want it anymore like you don't even have to make it's like it's just something that you kind of it you just don't like it you know like there's one moment where it was like entertaining to you at one point in time and then there comes a point later after you went through this refining process that you're just like oh ew gross i don't want it <laughs> i've experienced that and i didn't understand it because i know i think i was at a movie and i walked out saying i don't feel it felt heavy it didn't i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy the movie but it was a little bit more than, you know, you could say I don't like the movie because you just didn't like it, but something bothered me and I, I didn't understand. I, I don't know who I talked to, maybe you or somebody. And it was like, I didn't understand, but it ended up being that it just wasn't, it was not of God. It was more of, it was, maybe it was subliminal um devil worshiping or I can't remember what movie it was but it it was really popular and everybody was like I'm like I didn't like it and but I didn't know why I didn't like it but it just didn't feel good it gave me heebie-jeebies but I think it was that that is a possibility but that's exactly what it was now I read that as uh, I and I know this from my program though that uh, and when he's refining you, the discipline, the te testing, and the trials, it's lessons. And that's why sometimes you go back and you got to repeat. You got to go back to the fire because you didn't learn the lesson. You didn't do what he was trying to show you to do. You went back and did what you want to do. Self will run riot. Yes. And that's, yeah. But that just made a lot of sense right there. Wow. Uh, what is Drow's name again? Drows is you know, when this when the metal goes into the fire, it separates the pure metal, the pure um yeah, it separates the pure metal, and then the drows is the impurities that it pulls out. So it pulls out like waste metal. So like I don't know if you ever done those science projects where like 
you do sand, right? And then you do like the magnet and it pulls out iron and then sand, right? So the, drouse, <laughs> so the drouse is the waste metal that comes out. Okay. <laughs> that is really cool. I forgot all about that. Uh, now I have to go find sand, which is across the street for me. And now I have to get a little, do they, they even make those things anymore? The little U-horn guys? Yes. Mm -hmm. Magnets. Yes, yeah. I have it at the toy store. I'm going to go try it, Jamie. <laughs> and you're going to think of this lesson. That's a bitch doing like that. I don't know her. I walk by her. Mm. Pulling off the waste metal. <laughs> All the impurities. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I need a visual. That's a great visual. Mm -hmm. And so Proverbs 17, three says the refining pot is for silver. <laughs> so the refining- I want gold. I want to be gold, baby. I want to be gold. So the refining pot is for silver and it's meaning redemption. So he's saying that you're silver, you're going through the fire so that you can be redeemed. And the furnace is- the furnace of gold is referring to the kingdom of God, but the Lord tests the heart. And so that's where your offering comes from. So he's testing you when you're going through this fire of redemption. He tests you to see if you will give your heart to him. That's the offering. That's the ultimate offering, right? Yes. So he puts you through these fiery trials so that you can give your heart to him. So you can submit to his will in his way. In Proverbs 25, 4, it says, take away the drouse, take away the impurities from the silver, from the redeemed person. And there comes out the pure metal for his holy vessel. So he's saying that he's making you like you went into the fire so that you, your physical self can be a holy dwelling for the Holy Spirit. And God is the blacksmith who shapes you so that he puts you through it so that he can fill you with his Holy Spirit. Right. So the refining process consists not only of excrementing evil, but it's also correcting and improving all of everything that's not encourageable. So everything that that is not corrected. Session expired. Your session expired. Please sign back in. Oh my gosh. Hello, are you there? That was weird. Yeah. We can still hear you. Okay. So. Hopefully it doesn't kick us out. <laughs> I don't know what I had a pop up. I was like, what does that mean? So anyway, so the refining process is to correct you. It's to improve you and it's to help you in those kind of ways. Right. Um, there we go. So that's the refining process. Now you're a holy vessel to hold his righteousness. Right. And so righteous means that you're right standing with God. So your heart is right standing with God. So now he can fill you with the Holy Spirit. 
Aha. All right. Do we have any questions? Is any of this from your book? Some of it is, but some of it is not. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, the reason I asked that is I want to read, read more on it. So if mm -hmm. you can direct me. Yeah. So I would probably be more of like chapter two of where he, it talks. Um, chapter two is where it's talking about sin and the difference of sin and holy. And so it, you know, in chapter two, it goes down like what all the sins are or like considered under like, you know, overall arching bucket and then the opposite of what that would be. And so that would be chapter two where I would talk about. What if, um, so, so we're going through this process, right? Mm -hmm. I through the process, but what if when the day comes and yet haven't gotten totally refined is he still gonna say or will he accept well see that's where repentance comes in because we talked about that last week too right like repentance meaning that you don't do it again like you made okay. a deliberate choice to not do something again but then there's also asking for forgiveness right because there's you know we're not perfect. We make mistakes, not, you know, you don't always get things right. Really sin means you miss the mark. And so if you're deliberately trying to do what's right in the eyes of God, that's one thing, right? But then if you're purposely sinning, that's a totally different thing. Like, yeah, no, I meant, I meant the other way. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. here you're, at the day of the Lord, you're at the time of judgment, you're in front of God, he's reading your book of life. And he's seeing what you're doing, like he's seeing, he's reading off your, your life, right? Like, you know, your life flashed before your eyes. And so he's reading the flash before your eyes, right in front of you. And he's going, okay, you were making these decisions. And what do those decisions look like? Are they something that it's, yes, I'm purposely trying to change or no, I was trying to justify my sin. And so he's going to weigh that out in front of you of like, you're trying to justify your sin or you're actually really trying to change and do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so, and, and all of it really goes towards your purpose and the purpose that he has for you in your life because remember he makes you a blessing he blesses you so that you're a blessing to other people you're a blessing to be a blessing and so whether if your assignment is friends family work so you know he gives you assignments and it's those it's how how you are in private will always come out in the open so if what you're doing in private, it will eventually come out. And so people will watch you and they'll see you and they'll see how you grow. And they, you know, and so if you're growing in the Lord, it will, and if you're doing it in private, it will show in your, in public. 
And, but if you're sinning in private, it's going to come out in public. And that's where a lot of people will go, oh, you're a hypocrite. Oh, you're a da, 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 da. you know, cause it's, they haven't separated the two there. There wasn't a separation yet. And that's what the refining fire does. It separates the sin out of your life so that you are a vessel and that you're an example and that you're a holy vessel unto God. Like you're a kingdom person here on earth as it is in heaven. So that's, that's where the difference is. Oh, wow. That was good. All right. So that was the lesson for today is the refining fire of God in that you are a holy vessel. So we are going to pray. Do we have any prayer requests? All right. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your refining fire. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the teaching that was resonating in hearts and minds, Father. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, for submitted hearts to you, Lord Jesus, so that they can be vessels of righteousness. Father, we're praying, ask, Lord Jesus, for your glory and for your hand to be upon their life. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, and we declare that you are Lord over their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you. thank you. So if you would like to partner with me, go to jamiejverrera.com for more information. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Kingdom Royalty with the Tiny Princess Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Barrera. We are here to pray for you. If you're looking for prayer for deliverance, please reach out. We have many prayer warriors who are here to set you free. Also, we are doing so many things in the kingdom of God, and we would love for you to join us in our street outreaches. If you can't join us in the street outreach, but want to donate to the blessing bags full of toiletries, socks for souls, um, food and things of necessities that we're giving away, please feel free to do so. Also, if you're looking to purchase our book in English, I'm Saved Now What, or in Spanish, Estoy Salvador, okay? Please go to jamiejbarrera.com for more information. Until then, we thank you and we God bless you in Jesus' name. Until next time, amen. <laughs>